365. The fantasy season never dies. Welcome to Every Day is Draft Day. Presented by Champions Round. Hello, hello. What is up? How is everyone doing today? My name is Dan Turner. She is Steph Smalls, and welcome to the latest episode of Every Day is Draft Day. How are you, Steph? I'm good. That was like very monotone at first. I got nervous for a second that like you were going to be off beat and not on the same page as me. So I'm happy to hear you have a little pep in your step despite doing all your housework today. <laughs> it was, it's, it's a nice day out. Set outside. Is it? It's, it's it shit is. It's here. It's like 86 degrees and sunny out here. Oh, Over it's here raining here. So. Thank you. Thank you. All right, so today on Everyday's Draft Day, we're going to do part two of our undervalued players uh, series. We did the NFC last week. Uh, so today we're going to be doing the AFC. We each pick three players that we think are going to be undervalued in drafts and explain Shit. why you should take them. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, you can go first. <laughs> My mic almost just fell. Okay. I am going first because... Steph is Steph. All right. You always go first, anyways. I always go first. Yes. So I'm going to start in the AFC North. I'm going to go with the Cincinnati Bengal, uh, Hayden Hurst, uh, tight end they signed this year. Interesting. What? I said interesting. Yes. Uh, you know, everyone knows about, you know, Jamar Chase and T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd. Uh, but, you know, the Bengals were using the tight end uh, last year. Uh, Uzama is now a Jet, so there's a big space to be filled. Drew Sample really isn't the answer. So I think that Hayden Hurst will be a good replacement for him in that system. Now, Hurst has never really, you know, had that that huge season. He had a decent season with the Falcons in 2020, you know, almost 600 yards and six touchdowns. So I'm, I'm going to go in out on limb and say that he gets uh, around there. I think that the passing offense of the Bengals is going to be improved. I think that the offensive line is improved, so that's going to help. You know, Joe Mixon is still there. It's a, it's a really loaded offense. Um, I think that the tight end is going to be more involved uh, this year, maybe to the detriment of Tyler Boyd a little bit. So overall, you know, if you're if you pass on the on the Mark Andrews and the Travis Kelseys of the world in the earlier rounds, and you're looking for a tight end uh, in the late rounds to, to pick up, I would definitely go with one that's involved in probably one of the best, if not the best, offenses in the league in the Bengals with Hayden Hurst. I like that because I think there's like this big drop off, especially with tight ends, um, where it's like if you don't get these top guys and you're, that's not your jam and you're not going to go after them off the bat, you might as well shoot for the guys that at least are going to give you a decent amount of production that have a little bit more upside. And versus one of those guys that for a while has also given us that for years. So um, he's, he's never been like a super sexy option, but I think he's in a really nice position. So I, I like that one. And I think especially on the offense, improved O-line, we're only going to see good things come from those Bengals. It's kind of weird he's a Bengal, right? It is weird, but thank you. Yes. Okay. So my next one's not really, you know, it's not that exciting. This one's not exciting. It's not, you know, I, I don't have that many nice things to even really say, but what bothers me is the drop off between you know, okay, we'll start with this. So, I love it for everyone. And this has nothing to do with the fact, like, I'm not saying I don't think Javante Williams is going to be great. I think Javante Williams is going to be great. 
What I do, what what I do think is that Melvin Gordon is still worth targeting. I, I think that the drop off between the fact that Williams is going RB ten, and then you have Melvin Gordon going RB thirty seven, coming off a like very still productive season, he finished RB twenty one, still when splitting the workload with Williams, two hundred three carries for nine hundred eighteen rushing yards and eight TDs, while also adding you know stuff through the air as well. So. He had seven weekly finishes inside that top 24. He's also consistent. He doesn't really miss games. He only missed one last year. I just think there's too big of a drop-off. I think that he's still worth taking, especially in redraft, having fine. If he's on your bench, that's okay. He's gonna be a great, he's a great plug-and-play guy that should not be there shouldn't be this big gap between uh, you know, that's a lot of that's a lot of spaces. Like we're talking 27. I, I don't love it. I think that it makes made sense from a football perspective for the Broncos to re-sign him. He's also BFFs with Russell Wilson. Like there's already like chemistry there between them being buddies. I'm still in on him. Um, I, I don't think it's outside of his realm to still finish as, you know, he's going to finish above that ADP. He's easily a, a top 30 RB in fantasy football. Um, so especially in redraft, I get it. If you want to start talking age, whatever it is that you're not into about him, but Drop-off is way too big between the two of them. There shouldn't be that big of a gap as far as AP goes. Uh, yeah, that's a really good one. I completely agree. I think you made a great point that not a lot of people that I've heard that, you know, uh, Gordon and, and Wilson have, you know, actually played together at, at Wisconsin. So, they, you know, they, they've had a chemistry before. I think that uh, a lot of the Melvin Gordon quote, it's not really hate, but, like, dismissing him is the fact that everyone's pissed that he kind of ruined Devontae Williams, like, you know, RB1, like, breakout. That okay. No, and I agree. And I think, you know, he's a really productive back. Uh, you know, he almost had a 1,000 yards as as the running back, too, uh, on, on the Broncos. He, you know, he got a better quarterback. Uh, and I think that he's definitely worth uh, someone that, that's worth, you know, picking. And not even, like, picking late. Like, I'd be happy picking him probably in, like, the in like the like late middle rounds, honestly, if I'm, right. if I'm running back. He's a perfect, like, zero running back. Uh, running back for that. Oh, for sure. Like, like he's he's like the poster child for a guy you can pick up, and he'll produce for you. So uh, you know, someone uh, like that 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 gets upgrades pretty much everywhere. Uh, you know, obviously Javante Williams is going to be the starter there, uh, but Melvin Gordon shouldn't be uh, ignored. And you know, everyone points to his age twenty nine, but he's he doesn't have a lot of tread on his, most, his tires. He has a lot less tread than a lot of people right. uh, have at twenty nine years old. And yeah, like every running back will fall off the cliff eventually. But I think that he's used sparingly enough, uh, and, he, and he's stayed healthy enough where that really shouldn't be uh, an issue for people uh, going forward. Right. Good one, Steph. Thank you. I feel good about that one. I'm going to go out and get myself more Melvin Gordon. I think. Do it. It's awesome. All right, so I'm going to stick at running back. I'm going to go to the uh, AFC South, someone that we talked about pretty consistently on the show, but I figure uh, I should double down on him is a Damian Pierce. I think that, you know, I've said it plenty of times on the show, I think that Pierce should, uh, you know, win the job uh, in Houston. I think he was the best running back that we both saw uh, at the Senior Bowl. You know, his pass blocking is tremendous, and that's going to help him get on the field. Uh, everyone points to the fact that, you know, he wasn't used a lot at Florida as like a reason for him not to be, you know, as good as I think he can be. And I think that it's the opposite. I think that, you know, he's he's fresher. He has, you know, he doesn't have as many carries on his body that as opposed to other players that are coming out. So he's going to be able to withstand uh, the pounding of the NFL more. 
Uh, I think that, you know, he has Marlon Mack and, and Rex Burkhead to, to, to fight off, and that's not really saying anything because Marlon Mack is coming up with a really serious injury, and Rex, Rex Burkhead is Rex Burkhead. Uh, so I think that, you know, the, the Houston running game really needs a serious injection of, of talent. They, they were really, really crappy uh, last year. They had the 3.4 yards per carry, which was the lowest in the NFL, and only, what was it, eight rushing touchdowns. So I think Pierce had, I think, like doubled that by himself at Florida. So, uh, you know, it's not – I'm not saying he's going to be like, you know, Jonathan Taylor or, you know, Najee Harris or anything like that. I just think, you know, like Melvin Gordon, he's someone that you could probably pick up a little bit later on uh, in drafts, and he'll be able to produce for you uh, far exceeding uh, where he'd be drafted. I love it. Um, I also had him on my list, and I – was not going to talk about him. You said his name first, but I agree with you. I think that at the end of the day, right, it doesn't seem as exciting because he wasn't, you said you hit it on the head and he's another one of our guys that we talked about a lot, uh, especially after the senior bowl. He is not as exciting because he was kind of underutilized. Um, but again, in fancy like opportunity, which he's going to get a lot of in Houston. Like I'm not, no, I'm not scared of Rex or Marlon. Like I don't, I don't care. I think that, um, he is a fantastic, he could just quickly one, two, punch them out of the way. He weighs more than people said. He offers a way more powerful running style than either of them. And he's consistently shown that he has that ability when he was given the opportunity. So, um, I think that he is someone that's worth it. And, you know, there's still guys that are going ahead of him that don't have that clear path opportunity that he literally has off the bat. Right. Exactly. And the opportunity is 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 king for me. If I'm taking you know running backs like later on, not missing on the top guys, give me the guy that's going to be on the field that I know that's going to be on the field over yeah. people that I hope will be on the field. I think I think you can make an argument for a lot of the Houston team. You know, even you know Davis Mills, Nico Collins, those are guys like I think Davis Mills is going like QB thirty and was showing a lot of promise toward. You know what? There has to be a quarterback. So um, I think that he he's another one that's worth that late round flyer because no matter what, Houston's got to play every week. So uh, yeah. other goodbye week, they got to get on the field. So someone is going to get the opportunity to do well and have some fantasy value. And all those guys I think are really undervalued. Um, so that's a good one. I obviously agree with you. We love Damian yeah. Pierce on this show. But that's also real quick. That's also a really good point on, on Davis Mills. You know, he was quarterback, I think like 28 or something last year. And he didn't even play all the games and they upgraded him, uh, all his talent across the board. They drafted the re receiver. Uh, and they drafted offensive linemen and they gave him Pierce. So I think a lot of people are sleeping on Mills. Not that, you know, he's off topic a little bit, but uh, he's really someone that I like, you know, as a QB2 and, and super flex this year. Jay's trip you out with uh, switching. He did. Yeah. Wow. I was trying to see my camera, my computer is being so freaking weird. But I'll get into one of the guys that we were not as high on that I am okay. now high on. I don't know how it happened, but I like Kenny Pickett. Uh, Kenny Pickett is right now, his ADP is sitting somewhere at like QB 25 in rookie drafts. Yeah, he's QB one, but he's not going to like mid second, uh, late round, later in the second, depending on who you're drafting with. I think that Kenny Pickett, you know, like we just said, kind of with Davis Mills, I think he is going to beat out Mr. Bisky. I don't think that's a question. They're, they're paying Mr. Bisky backup money and they drafted him. In the first round, guess what? Kenny Pickett's playing. Um, I think that we have yet to see Canada in a, in a position where he can actually 
run the offense the way he wants to without Ben there. And now they've also got a really nice wide receiver room. Um, they were able to kind of replace those, you know, replenish that offense very nicely after getting rid of Juju, after getting rid of McLeod, after getting rid of James Washington. They've got guys like Pickens. They brought in right away. There you go. There's a downfield target for Pickett who has great, strong catching abilities, ball tracking skills. He demonstrated all of that in college. You have Calvin Austin who could start playing a role. And then that doesn't even, that's not even including who they already have. They're in Deontay Johnson in a Chase Claypool. Um, their uh, O-line is still a little sketch, I guess, but it's not bad. It's not, it's not in a place where they can't be productive. I think the Steelers have always found a way to be a good team. And I, I just did my preview on them too. I don't think they've come in third in that division. I think it was 2004. And the last time they came in fourth was 1999. Like this is not, this is a well-run franchise. They knew what they were doing. They wanted accuracy. That's what they were chasing when they drafted him. And I think that they're going to get that. And he was the most, you know, I, I said this on the show and I, it's kind of how I feel with Kenny Pickett. I think he has the high, I think he's the highest floor QB in, you know, in this uh, class. And I think he has a higher floor than a lot of the guys that are already starting actually in the NFL right now. Are you going to get that really high ceiling from him? No, but is he going to be a week-to-week starter that you can rely on in, in fantasy and get in a really late round? Yeah. So I'm kind of in on small hands, Kenny Pickett. I, I'm here for it. I think that he's walking into a nice situation where we've seen guys like Sam Darnold, like the Daniel Joneses, you know, go to these teams that are not ready for them. This team is ready for a QB to come in. So if they, if he's a little rough around the edges and there's things they have to, they have to fix up, fine. There's things they have to fix up. But I think that he has a good opportunity to be a very nice high floor fantasy quarterback for years to come. And I'm, I'm pretty all in. Yeah, that's a really good one. I think, you know, all, you know, way too much was made of, of Kenny Pickett's, uh, you know, hand size. Uh, and the fact, like, you know, they had some legitimate concerns about, you know, coming out of Pitt, how you know, he's only, like, really, really good his last year and stuff. But people don't seem to, like, don't talk about it enough the fact that he landed in, the, like, the best offensive system, like, a rookie has ever landed in. Like, they can, yeah. he can handle that, the ball off to Najee Harris as he's ha- if he's having a bad game. He can throw to, you know, four, you know, NFL ready wide receivers. Like, the, they have, you know, Pat Fryermuth. Like, he, he doesn't have to do everything by himself like most rookie – QBs would have to do going in the first round. You know, they, you know, Matt, Matt Canada will develop a system that, you know, that, that will be built around what Kenny Pickett can do well. Uh, so I think that, you know, I, I think a lot of the the hate has gone a little too far with, with, with Pickett. I understand that people like, you know, people like Millie Willis or maybe like Matt Corral because they might be, you know, more physically gifted. But I think, you know, for the situation that he was put in, uh, I think he obviously landed in the best rookie situation uh, this year. I think that he is going to start immediately. I agree with you. I don't think that Mitch Trubisky is this, you know, this world beater QB that can't be beaten. I think he should be beaten pretty easily. Uh, God, you know, did we become a Kenny Pickett? Did we become Kenny Pickett fans somehow? It's so we crazy because we were so low on them. But like, it at the end of the day, I, I think that, I think what sold me on it is it's more that, you know, Roethlisberger is gone. And it's mm-hmm. kind of this new regime because when you have a vet in there for that long who has won and he, he was ultimately the leading that entire locker room, leading that offense, 
And I think that Canada now has flexibility, and I think that he can kind of start to fulfill the expectations that were there when he got promoted back like to OC in 2021. And he's gotten a lot of criticism, but I don't know how much he was allowed to actually unleash the way that he wants to run the offense. And I think there's going to be a really different feel to the Steelers. I think that Steelers fans should obviously temper their expectations, but you know what? They've been spoiled for years and they're going to not be happy and it's not going to be the crazy winning season that they've seen in the past. But I'm actually excited about the Steelers, especially for fantasy. I'm excited to see what they're able to do with these two young guys, how they're able to fit Austin into their um, you know, into their offense. I also saw reports about him doing very well. I know we don't like to follow camp reports, but I'm very excited about the Steelers. I, I think that I'm higher on them than probably most people. And I think, you know, it's just silly to me to think that Mitch Trubisky, say even Mitch Trubisky start, it's going to take one to two games for Mitch Trubisky to be on the field for them to just be like, no, like we're not doing this. You're not the guy. You were never, if you're not the guy, you're not the guy. Like that's it. That's just how it works right. here. Like it's just, Mitch Trubisky is a fantastic backup quarterback just like Nick Foles. Like, you can win games with Trubisky. He is not an every-week starter, period. So right. I think that Kenny Pickett can be, and I think he can be really effective. And I, again, have been very low on him, but there's a lot to like about his situation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think uh, I agree with you. Uh, I don't think we're, like, super like Kenny Pickett fans like we are with, like, Pierce or even, like, Russell Gage. I just think that the right. hate has gone so far that, like, okay, like, let's just, like, pump the brakes a little bit and see, like, hey, this guy has some good things going for him. And right. no one's saying he's going to be Patrick Mahomes or, you know, Josh Allen or anything like that. But he's definitely going to be, I think, or we both think, you know, a, a viable quarterback in fantasy football. And that's what all you can really ask for. You know, he, he, everyone always like predicts that Deontay Johnson is going to have this like monster season or, you know, or Chase, Chase Claypool is going to have like this good season or Pat Frymuth is going to be this, you know, have a good season. Well, someone has to throw them the ball. <laughs> it's right. not like they can throw it to themselves. Like someone has to be getting, you know, the, those yards and touchdowns that the, those guys are going to be catching. And if it's Kenny Pickett, you know, he's going to have a, a decent year. And we didn't get to see a lot of that. Like, you know, Big Ben, bless him, whatever his legacy is done. Like, and and quite frankly, that arm looked not great there at the end. It was kind of painful to watch. We saw a lot of Najee and we saw a lot of Fryer move. And that was for a very specific reason. And it's because that they couldn't really get the ball down the freaking field. And I don't know that like Kenny Pickett's not this gunslinger and you're not going to get this gunslinging ability like you know, he's not he's not Mr. Patrick Mahomes, but I think that you can you can get a lot done with him in an offense that's ran that way. So there's going to be a lot of changes. I see the Steelers probably struggling in the beginning of the season, but I think halfway through they're going to pick up and we're going to be like, oh, they look like the Steelers. Like, I don't think it's going to be this as big of a transition as everyone is talking about. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Love it. So that's a really good one. I, I like that. I like Kenny Pickett. I'm all in on Kenny Pickett. <laughs> <laughs> this is what we become. Yeah. <laughs> so, it, so it, yes, listening. the off season's getting to me. <laughs> yes, clearly. <laughs> uh, uh, so, perfect segue. Uh, Staying, sticking with the Steelers, going off what you Woo! said. I'm going to go ahead with my uh, third uh, guy, uh, rookie wide receiver, but it's not the one everyone's thinking about. It's actually Calvin Austin. <laughs> Um, you know, I interviewed Austin at the at the Senior Bowl, and I was I was really impressed with how well, you know, he he knew the game. Like he he recognized that he wasn't the tallest guy, and you know how how he was going to be able to to contribute. 
and that's everyone's knocking him and he's like you know he's too small and stuff but he was uncoverable like no one could cover him he made everyone look foolish like guys that like were going much earlier in the draft and i expect him to be doing that in the nfl too you know he has great acceleration he has uh great route running yeah he can't uh, he probably struggles in press a lot but you know he's going to be one-on-one with all the other weapons that the steelers have it's not like you're going to be able to double him uh, you know, I expect uh, Matt Canada to cook up some plays for him. I expect, you know, some jet sweeps and stuff, the stuff that he kind of did at Memphis, too. So he's going to be able to, uh, you know, run the ball a little bit as well. Uh, I think that, you know, obviously he's not going to be, uh, you know, a, a huge uh, part of the offense right away. But I think he definitely grows into that role. I think that, you know, his amazing speed will be uh, catch some people by surprise. I think his route running will be uh, catch some people by surprise. Uh, and I think that, you know, a lot of, a lot is being made of, you know, of Deontay Johnson and, and you know, Pickens and, and Claypool. But uh, some of those guys won't be there next year, you know. So, a lot of, so you know, they're gonna, not going to resign all of them. Uh, so it, it, it's not out of the realm of possibility. And uh, this is a little bit of a deeper one. But I, I really think that, that Austin carves out a decent role uh, this season towards the end of the year. Yeah. I think he's a more valuable, like – I get that there's a chance. I think the risk is higher with Calvin Austin being that yeah. guy. That, you know what? Maybe he doesn't end up being a fantasy football stud, but I would put money on the fact that he ends up being a, a part of this offense. He's going to be the guy that you go back and we're watching YouTube highlights on because every game he has some crazy-ass play that they cooked up for him. And I think that he couldn't be the Steelers' next slot guy. You know, he easily can replace a McLeod, a Juju, and – like you said, I think the thing to emphasize here is he's so freaking fast. Like his speed makes him extremely versatile. And I think that he can also be a weapon on the outside. And I think he can turn into this. I don't want to use the word gadget because it's not, I don't feel strongly about that. So I'm going to be careful with my words here, but he has all of that body control, all of the IQ, everything mm-hmm. that you want in a well-rounded wide receiver but then he also is like very dynamic. He has that electricity to take it to the next level. And I think that he's a, you know, you talk about taxi squad guys, like he's not, you know, he's not like my Jalen Darden that I'm going to hang on to. And like, he's going to rot on my bench because he probably never realistically becomes something, especially for fantasy football. But Calvin Austin has that upside. And if there's any team that has made something of these later round wide receivers, it is the Steelers. And I think that they they did not just draft him to let him rot. They drafted him because they plan to use him. And I think he's going to impress people. He has very good hands. And again, the two of us, we even went down there. We didn't want to be high on him, but you can't not, you couldn't not look at him. Like he demands attention. Um, and you're going to have to be able to stop him if you, like he's just too quick. Uh, runs like a four three. He was on track. Like he yeah. is a he's someone to watch out for. Um, I totally agree with you. I think the Steelers did a, a quietly very nice job. Their draft maybe didn't seem like it at the time, but I think that mm-hmm. they did a really nice job with their draft picks, especially in Pickens and in Austin. And I think Austin does end up having a role carved out for him in this offense. Whether it's not in the beginning, that's fine, but he might turn to this guy where if one of the wide receivers goes down, I think he has enough versatility to be able to fill a role too. So again, another guy we're talking about that at least he's a nice plug and play option that I definitely want on my bench. Like I'm not planning on starting him week to week until maybe a bigger role is formed. But again, like he's someone I definitely am drafting and I'm drafting him over some of these guys that I know are not going to see the field. Right. 
and that, that's what I'm saying. He's the guy, kind of guy where, you know, looking at towards the end of your drafts and you're looking to see like, hey, who am I going to take a shot on? He's the exact kind of guy I want to take a shot on every single time. You know, yeah, he has that 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 upside. And the Steelers have, like you said perfectly, the Steelers have a history of developing these guys into players far exceeding where they were drafted. So, you know, I expect him to take some 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 carries and stuff away from, from Benny Snell because who the hell cares about Benny Snell? Uh, Benny Snell. You know, Right, exactly. So you know he's not going to start. You know, I I I don't I don't think he's he's that. But they're going to find ways. Canada's going to find ways for him to get involved, and that's yeah. something that you know he's the type of guy that he gets one pass and he takes it to the house, and that makes the week. So yeah, maybe he's more of a best ball guy now. But even in regular drafts, you know, I'm definitely going to be trying to get him uh, everywhere I can, like towards the end of the draft. For sure. I totally, totally, totally agree. And then my next one, you know, this one's probably a little bit more basic and I think people have caught on to him and he was a better value before we all started drafting, but it's Pittman. Um, I think that Matt Ryan alone going over there, he has a good history with delivering high ranking results for whoever his top wideout is over his entire career. Um, yeah, he probably struggled to do so in, you know, the last couple of years, but I think that this is a good opportunity for Matt Ryan to get back on the map. Not we've talked about this before. No, he's not going to be your darling in fantasy, but again, a guy that you can get consistency out of. And I think you'll see that Michael Pittman, he did a really nice job. He more than doubled his rookie production. And I think going into his third season, you're going to see him, Really, I think that he's going right now. Last time I looked, I think he was like the 15th wide receiver about off the board that might have gone up by now. I'd have to check. Um, but I think I'm okay drafting him a little bit ahead of ADP. I'm not saying that go and take him as wide receiver 10, but like his upside is definitely to finish as a top 10 wide receiver this year. Um, I think that the Colts are also getting looked fast because, you know, Wentz is gone and this person's here and they have to Taylor and I get that, but they're going to be another offense that's very productive and they can produce more than one very productive fantasy players. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, you know, I think that everyone that Matt Ryan's demise has been greatly exaggerated. Yeah. You know, he, he didn't do great last year, but most of the time, some portion of his receiving core was hurt. So yeah, his numbers aren't going to look as great as they could have. You know, he's still a decent quarterback. He's obviously not going to be, you know, the Matt Ryan that he was five years ago because, you know, age. But he's still definitely good enough to make uh, Pittman and even uh, someone that I like, Alec Pierce, uh, you know, viable fantasy contributors. And he's going to be a really good wide receiver. Uh, I, you know, I have him probably like a wide receiver two with some wide receiver one upside weeks because that's what that's what he's going to be. He's going to get the ball. He's mm -hmm. He's the guy in that yeah. offense. He could easily guys. have 150 targets and nothing about that would shock me. Like that's no, not, no. not a shocking thing. They have almost, in my opinion, they got an upgrade at quarterback. So uh, you keep Pittman healthy and you keep the offense rolling. And I, I think that he, I think that entire offense, because I won't limit it to just him. Um, Jonathan Taylor, obviously is Jonathan Taylor and you, he cannot possibly be undervalued. Um, mm -hmm. But I think that we'll see that offense be very, very productive um, across the board this year, which we didn't really see last year. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think you know they the he had what, like like 130 or something targets last year. So yeah, I definitely see you know get him doing better because I, I do think that Matt Ryan is a better uh, for that system than 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 this current version of Carson Wentz uh, is and was. So I, yeah, definitely agree with that. That's that's a great that's a great pick there.
Carson Wentz. I can't believe we have to freaking watch how many games again soon in the NFC East. God, he's like a parasite. You can't get rid of him. I just can't wait for that Monday night game in Philly. That's going to be nuts. It is going to be crazy. When is that? I don't know. Oh, whatever. <laughs> Let me find out. I think it's in November. It's going to be a good one. We need to mark our yeah. calendars for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. November, November 14th. We may have to do a live show for that and watch it. Yeah, I'm down. Definitely. Gosh. Down. Those All are right, good ones. So I want to draft more. Yeah, that'll do it for this episode of Every Day is Draft Day. That completes our undervalued uh, series for both the AFC and the NFC. Uh, so we hope you enjoy that. Steph, why don't you tell everyone what's uh, coming up for you? Sure. Continuing on with the 32-team preview, had a little bit of a halt here. For some reason, the AFC North is a pain in my butt, and it's uh, been a little bit hard coordinating some guests. So we might roll into the next NFC team and then circle back next week. And then Daily Dozen every single day. Daily Dozen closes later tonight. Get your picks in by 8.30. I believe it's closing if it's not 8 o'clock. That's been a blast to do. And then, of course, every day is draft day. We have a new hot takes and pancakes coming out soon. So lots of good stuff over there. If you're ever wondering what we're doing in the app under the research section, I always forget to tell people this. All of our stuff is right there. All Everything new, every show, every article. So what are you what are you doing this week with your what article this week? Uh, so I did my uh, the AFC uh, undervalued players. My the whole article for uh, that came out today. Uh, and then later on Friday, I'm going to have one about, uh, you know, what are the worst spicy takes going on right now in fantasy football? Oh. So that, that's going to be dangerous, a dangerous one. Yeah, that'll um, be fun. That will be fun. No, I'll, I'll fun. And then, you know, we have hot takes and pancakes, also known as everyone yells at Dan for being stupid. No, sometimes. <laughs> every Every time. <laughs> Uh, all right, so that'll do it for us. Uh, everyone have a good day. Check out the, the app. Check out the Discord. Join us there. Um, be on the lookout for more Daily Dozen stuff. Enjoy the NBA Finals tonight, and we'll see you later. Catch ya.